This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Idea to Life podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell. I'm Vicky Weinberg, a product creation coach and Amazon expert. Every week I share friendly, practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses. Let's get started. Today I'm talking to Jennifer Cooper. Jenny is the founder of Jennifer Cooper Time Saver and with her team, Jenny provides time-saving support support to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Jenny is also the founder of Kindred Spirits, a community for fellow small business owners that provides opportunities for connection and collaboration with unique events and group mentoring. And as part of Kindred Spirits, Jenny has recently set up the Kindred Spirits Shop, a curated collection of stationery and crafts for small business owners. So these are perfect gifts for clients, colleagues, your team members, or even yourself. So Jenny sources all of her products from Fair, which we spoke about um, in a previous episode with M. Royston, who has a small business who sells her products wholesale on Fair. So speaking to Jenny today was amazing because it means we're getting the other side of the story and finding out what Fair is like for a buyer. I was really pleasantly surprised to hear that the experience for a buyer is just as positive as M's was as a seller. And we loads, as usual, went into all the questions, all the logistics about how you curate and buy products on fair. And um, I really hope that this interests and inspires you. So I would love now to introduce you to Jenny. So hi, Jenny. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Vicky. Anytime. So let's start with you giving introductions to yourself and your business, and then we'll move on to talk a bit about your products. Um, so my name is Jenny Cooper. Um, my business is called Jennifer Cooper Time Saver. Um, so I started out initially as a VA, and it's kind of broadened to providing um, support to small business owners, usually um, one-person bands. And everything we do is time-saving. So it's taking all those either boring or frustrating tasks off your hand as a business owner so you can focus on what you love about your business. And since I've done that, I've really enjoyed working with small business owners and building up a community. So as part of that, I also run something called Kindred Spirits which is basically the world's gentlest networking events. So I do a range of really accessible, low-key networking events for people who the idea of having to stand up and introduce themselves for two minutes fills them with horror. And that's kind of slowly expanded. I also do some free co-working as part of that. And it's really blown me away how well that's done. My background is retail. And I couldn't leave the retail behind. So as part of Kindred Spirits now, under that umbrella, I have set up the Kindred Spirits shop, which is selling a small um, amount of carefully curated stationery and cards, very much designed for the small business owner, either to save them time or to help them connect with others. So particularly things that you might want to buy for your team 
for your colleagues, if you're a coach for your clients. And that's me. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that introduction. So first question I have for you, and this is a real question, is um, <laughs> you are very busy. I know you're a very busy person. You have lots on your plate. You have a team mm. to manage. What inspired you to set up a shop on top of everything else you're already doing? I worked in retail. I think that's it. And I've got the retail bug. It's in my blood. So my grandmother used to work for uh, sort of one of those traditional department stores. And she actually lied about her age. They wouldn't make her retire so she could work an extra few years. And she loved selling. And I think I've got it. As my mum said about my grandma, she could sell sort of snow to Eskimos, as you could say that then. Um, And it's the same. I just, I love retail. I love selling. I've always had the idea of doing something, but I've always been quite frustrated that I'm, I'm I'm not a maker. I can't create product. I'm in awe of anyone who's like an artist, a maker who develops products. I've not had that idea. So it was kind of something I knew I wanted to do, but felt kind of out of touch and beyond what my capabilities were. But because everything has changed so much and because of amazing wholesalers like Fair, which I know we will talk about later, it's become really accessible to me in my room. I can now do a little bit of retail, which makes my sort of shop assistant heart happy and I can do that on the side in a way that feels really manageable really fits in with my brand you know means I'm not carrying a lot of stock but I get to just have some things and it's just lovely because um when I run the events you know I can take some little items along I like doing pop-ups I like doing summer fairs and it's kind of I can I can just sort of fulfill that thing that I love that joy of just talking to people about products and selling it without it being a key part of you know, the focus of my business. So yeah, basically, because I want to do everything. So that's why I do it. (laughs) Don't they say like, if you've got something to do, give it to a busy person. I'm sure that's actually a saying. Yeah, no, it is. It's true. I think um, once you're busy, you can load more in. And this works because I love it. And as I said, it's it's just, it's really accessible now. And then it's lovely because, you know, I've got clients who will use it to buy gifts. It's kind of, I saw a bit of a gap in that I've looked for my clients, I've looked for um, gifts that they could give, you know, you want, when you know when you welcome a new, you make sign on a new customer, you want to send them something to welcome them. And it kind of felt like it was quite a lot of the same sort of stuff. Um, you know, there's some really good letterbox things, but it's often quite either the foodie end or the beauty end. And that's always not always what everyone wants to do. And I have a real, my passion like addiction, I think it'd be fair to say is stationary. And I just saw a gap for actually some really nice journals and some really interestingly designed sort of to-do list pads and schedulers um, that actually that would be a nice thing for a lot of people to send as a gift to a client. Um, And also there's some beautiful cards out there with some really positive messages that really fit that idea of something you would send to someone you've worked with or a colleague just to go, you know, I can see what you've done. You're amazing. So that's what I've tried to create that kind of real specific area of type of gift to fulfill. Oh, that's really nice. And when when you worked in retail, um, am I right in thinking that was books, wasn't it? Or was it stationery as well? Yeah. So I spent 18 years working for one of the major book chains in the company. Um, I started off, I specialised in children's books. So I spent a long time doing that. So the joy of that was just getting children to read, seeing them fall in love. I did Harry Potter launches. Harry Potter was coming out. We did the midnight launch with, you know, fire eaters and everyone dressed up. So that was amazing. And then when I had children in that job, it's kind of, I went down to part-time and 
running a children's section bookshop is a full-time job. So I need something else. And I was really just looking around the shop of like, what's no one really interested in? What can I do? And it was called in the bookshops, it was called RP or related product. And basically that term covered anything that wasn't a book. So within the bookstore, it covered cards, it covered gift wrap, um, it covered gifts, it covered jigsaws, it covered games. So I basically swept up everything that wasn't a book and really did that. And it was at the time, it wasn't so much of a focus for the company because, you know, people go there for the books. So it was something I could really get my teeth into, really develop, really grow and kind of lead throughout the company. And I, I... I went all in. So I got obsessed with notebooks and pens and cards and sort of learning, you know, what type of cards people like, what they respond to. Um, yeah, and it didn't really stop there. I think it's just when I do something, I go all in. And that's what happened with the stationery. I got to the stage where I was watching. I could watch like um, TV dramas and identify what the notebook was. I could see what the police are writing <laughs> and go, that's a moleskin notebook. I know that one. So, yeah, that's where it comes from. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. And I know what you mean. I remember when bookshops were just books, but like now if you go in, there's all the Harry Potter, using Harry Potter's example, pencil cases and rucksacks and all of the other stuff isn't there around the books. But you're right, I guess even 10 years ago, that wasn't as much of a thing, was it? No, so it's definitely something that they've widened out and done. I think Harry Potter really obviously started it. I think the challenge has been for the bookshops to make sure that they don't go overboard with it and it's still a bookshop. So I know that they work really hard with the buying to, you know, for instance, maybe for the stationery coming in, but, you know, it's rolled dial stationery rather than just a more sort of generic brand. It's something that ties in with books. And I think it's it's a... Um, it's a line they've had to tread, which is quite tricky, I think, because it does sell. And the reason it's successful is the margin's higher than it is on selling books. So it works. The margin on cards is quite astonishing, really. So from a bottom line point of view, it's brilliant. But obviously you are a bookshop, so it's making sure you don't lose that heart of it while also taking advantage of things around the side actually while they were there. So, for instance, um, we always did really well with Valentine's cards because the cards in a bookshop you knew would be quite different to what you'd find at other high street cards and they would be often blank and more arty so you would get a lot of you wouldn't have um probably anyone many people under 40 shopping there but you would get a lot of people sort of in their 50s and 60s who would come in and didn't want you know the kind of the comedy card actually a nice um arty card they would know they could go to a bookshop and get that that makes sense. And I guess they were curated slightly differently for a bookshop, which leads mm. me on to your site, because obviously you're curating site products for your site, mm. sorry. Yeah. Um, but what I'd love to know is, so you mentioned that you'd, you'd always wanted to do this, but it was difficult because it is difficult, let's face it, sort of yeah. buying in stock and having the capital to start. Mm. So what was it that led you to think, oh, actually, this is actually doable now? So it kind of came from to different angles the first one was a client I worked with last year designed her own planner and had it created and produced and this client's based in Switzerland and it's a beautiful planner I've I've I'm because I love stationery I love planning so I'm very much a paper planner um, and that's possibly the best job I've ever been paid for of like could you proofread my planner I was like you don't need to pay me for this this is like my dream scenario and I remember going through it and going this is one of the best planners I've ever seen um, and then the opportunity came up that I would basically be the UK representative and just take a small amount and sell it, which was doable because I'd seen it, I loved it, and I knew I had people I could recommend it to. I tend to bond with fellow stationery lovers. 
So I started with that and then I was like, oh, actually, it would make sense to have a bit more. And then at the same time, I stumbled on, I'd had people mentioning Abode and particularly Fair to Me, which are um, wholesale websites and basically make it incredibly easy for you to access small independent brands and buy a small amount and hold them as stock. And it's just something that just was not there several years ago. And then in November, I particularly went for it because Fair were offering, they do an amazing deal for like your first order with them where you get a large amount off. You get like up to 50% of the first £100. And the other thing that makes it really doable is that quite a lot of the brands have quite a small minimum order quantity. So you only need to order, I mean, some of them are as low as like £60 worth of stock. So it means it's really accessible. You're not having to go in with a lot of capital um, and sort of make that risk of buying where you're then sitting on a lot of stock. So I have kind of experience of buying because back in the day um, in the bookshops, we used to do the buying ourselves as the booksellers. Eventually it all got centralised. So I've kind of got that experience of looking at stuff, knowing whether it will sell, what sort of quantities to take. So I kind of felt I had a bit of knowledge with that. But the thing it always felt out was like, well, minimum order quantities. And I don't want to, I don't have space in my house for, you know, for warehouse of stuff. But because of fair and because of the smaller minimum order quantities and the fact I could just get six of things, so it doesn't feel like it's a um, big financial risk, I was able to do it. And it's just been brilliant. And I just, I am so much praise for fair. It's just, I, I can't believe how intuitive and how user-friendly it is. I'm so excited to talk to you about Fair because, as you all know, because I know you listen, uh, we just had released an episode. I say just, by the time this goes out, it'll be a few months back. Um, we spoke to somebody who sells their products mm. via Fair. So we spoke to Emma Royston from Chasing Creds and um, sort of a, a big part of her business is via Fair. Um, so I'm really interested to talk to you as someone on that other side of it, because I think, like you say, it sounds like a really viable option if you want to just test out selling a small line of products um I have so many questions so am I right in thinking that fair is predominantly small businesses first of all as far as you've been able to figure out yes there seems to be quite a mix on there there's ones who are very clearly one-man band doing it out of their bedroom um there's also some more um more commonly known independent small business names. So ones that actually they will have their own website and they're kind of known. So I'll recognize certain ones and they sort of tend to pop everywhere. And they've also, some of them will have, you'll recognize them from high street shops. They've obviously got that stock level as well. So it's a bit of a mix um, of the levels of business. But for me, I love that it connects me with the really small little businesses. Is that sort of your strategy, as it were, to go for the really small ones, the ones that aren't maybe... Yes. Yeah. So I know certain things. It's like, well, if I've seen, if I know the brand name and I've seen it, it's like, well, there's no point in me having it because, you know, you can find it in a shop. Um, I also have quite a clear idea of what my brand is. So I know what I'm looking for with kind of colors. So everything kind of fits in with my brand. So my brand's quite... um, sort of browns neutrals peaches that all basically autumn tones so i'm automatically looking for stuff that fits with that so there's some amazing stuff but it's in neon it's like well that's fab but it doesn't fit in with my brand and the sort of what people associate with me but the brilliant thing about fair is you can search so you can search it will show you global but you can search by like shops in europe shops in the uk shops in the usa but you can also search on different things so you can search on like women-owned business and there's just there's loads of really different interesting ways you can filter your search so at the moment i'm trying to look for uk stuff because i'm also trying to think environmentally and like i don't really want stuff to be coming 
from overseas um, and I like that and then I can shop you know I can look on women owned and what's lovely is you get a bit of information about each brand so I mean it's it's dependent on the seller of how much they've put but often people put quite a bit of information it's like oh I really like the ethos of this brand and um, so there's one I've used called flourish paperwork so I think down in Devon but they've just got this amazing cooperative going and they're obviously giving a lot of people who need a bit of a um, a sort of leg up in life opportunities to create all their products and their stuff's amazing and it's like all the colors tie in with me the ethos does so that's why it's great it, you can really narrow in on your on your values and what matters to you rather than almost being bombarded with too much choice and of course you can search by all the product types as well so you can search by homeware you can search by stationery which is obviously why i spend a lot of my time so um it is it is brilliant the search suggestions and it's all very good there um the algorithms of what they suggest to you it's it's very clever so you get emails through and so they'll update you if a brand you've used before has brought something new out and they're very good with what they send of we think you're like this and they're pretty spot on with what they think you're like um mm. it's very easy you can favorite brands and then follow that you can favorite items it's just it's it's whoever's put that website together has done such a good job of just making it so easy to use that's really, really interesting because often, so when I spoke to M, I know that as a small brand who sells Biofair, she ha also had really positive things to say. So it's really nice to hear you say this from a buyer's perspective mm -hmm. because the two don't often match up. I mean, as you know, I've you've heard me say this so many times about mm -hmm. Amazon as a buyer, brilliant as a seller not so much so it's actually yeah. this is actually very positive I like this um one thing I'd like to know is so um and sorry to just bombard you with questions mm. about fair journey but I'm so interested mm. um, and I'm sure everyone yeah. else will be as well and um, because I do know we have some listeners who have curated jobs yeah. so what about the recommended retail price are you told what you can sell a product for or is that down to your own discretion how does yes. it work they do have recommended retail price and it's quite clear that you need to sell it at that but I actually like that because it yeah, takes away from you and it means that there's not any, it just feels right. And it, yeah. it's a terrible pun, but it feels fair. I'm sorry about that, Vicky. Um, so yeah, I like that. And it just means that you can, you can make a decision because you can look at, they'll tell you opposite that is normally always a very good discount. It's normally at least 50%, if not more. Um, and yeah, you can just make an instant decision of like, okay, that's the price. Do I think that it's that price and I can sell it at that price? So I, I like that. I like that there's not movement and you're not then trying to decide. Yeah, I like that as well. And I, ju I just was really curious as to how that worked because what you wouldn't want as a brand owner is someone devaluing your products and your brands. So yeah. it's really good actually that you are given that price. So I guess... Oh, because you know me, I love logistics. So yeah. is it a case of you buy the products from fair, you get them sent to your home or wherever you are, in your case, it is your home, and then you pop them on your website? Is it really? Yes, yeah. so it's, it's really simple. So, yeah, they really encourage you to get started. So obviously the first order I did, it was, um, they basically would take, I think it's 50% off up to £100. Obviously, I think they absorb all that because I don't think it comes out of the seller. It's just fair is so keen to get people using it. You just place it with the sellers. So it will tell you with each seller. So the sellers will set different um, minimum order quantities. So I've seen some as low as 30, 60 pounds. Others are, you know, 200 pounds. It's very easy in the basket. It does all, there's no maths needed. It does all the maths for you of like, you've got this much and so on. Um, and then basically you click through. You only get charged as each seller dispatches the item. All the sellers dispatched it really quickly. I think one seller didn't have the item in stock. 
but you're not charged for that. That's fine. They just let you know. Um, the other thing as well that was great was I did have one item that came through. It was like a two-part piece. So it's like affirmation cards that then um, have a little wooden stand so you can put them in that. And some of the cards were missing. So I just got in touch. It was so easy. You were immediately credited for the item. Seller was like, absolutely fine, no problem. They immediately sent it out and then they, you get charged again. But I thought that was really impressive that I was immediately credited. And it was all just handled so well. It wasn't stressful. There wasn't a like prove this there wasn't a back and forth on email it was really really clear I can't even remember how to do it because it was so clear and simple what to do if you you know if basically your order hadn't come through right um and obviously the packages you know they all came through really nicely um obviously some people had really you know like when you get Etsy shops some people had really gone for it with the delivery I remember the Flourish Paperworks they put a few free cards in as well which is really lovely with just a you know a gift for you and obviously then you're like oh that brand's so nice they didn't need to do that but then that's more things I can use to showcase the brand the other thing that's great as well as a seller is you can use the images that they've put on the website so if you're like me and it's like I want to take photos but I don't quite have time I've just been able to um, just download the images that they've used for that project on the website and you're allowed to do that and then sell through that. So that's another way it makes it really simple because otherwise that's a huge extra piece towards selling products. But if you've already got the photos you can use, you're sorted. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know me, I do have so many logistical yeah. questions. <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> and um, how about the product descriptions? Is that the same? Can you take the descriptions from fair or are you encouraged yeah so you can take the descriptions they kind of I guess they vary quite a bit it's not standardized because it's down to each seller so I found what I did was I took I took like the the bare bones of it and then was obviously trying to write everything in my style so I've kind of my descriptions start with sort of more me then it'll go more into the practical um, and then obviously putting all the measurements and things and you'll find that not everyone loads measurements in the same way or some people use inches and some use centimetres. So you're just trying to standardise all that. Some people give you weight, some don't. So there's a little bit of, I guess, in an ideal world, that would be standardised, but it's really not not a problem. So, um, yeah, I used a combination because I think I wanted to put my own twist on it. But I know that if you used, so at the moment, my website um I'm just my own my own personal website is on WordPress um, and I didn't want to invest in something extra at this time. So the shop is hosted on my website through WooCommerce. But I know that if eventually I would like to set up a separate Shopify website for that. And I know from what I've read with FAIR that you can just download your order, everything from FAIR, and it will all just automatically upload to Shopify. So you're not manually entering things. I think if you just press the right buttons, it will all automatically go through which I mean, that's just amazing. So yeah, that's something yeah. I'm looking forward to trying out when I'm at that level with the shop. That sounds amazing. And I do know that Shopify have just done it. Well, I say just fairly recently done a big new update and I believe that is part of it. So yes, you would have all the pictures and descriptions mm -hmm. then obviously you could go in and edit. Um, yeah, Shopify is amazing and it does, it seems to sync with everything, which is fantastic. And I guess it does sound like a bit of work, obviously, getting your products, getting them on the website. But presumably for a lot of the brands you've ordered from, I don't know, I could be guessing, I'm guessing here, Jenny, yeah. but I assume that for at least a percentage of them, you're going to reorder. So actually you've done that initial work, but it's not like you're, um, cons you know, constantly, well, I'm sure you are adding new lines. What I'm trying to say is for, for a lot of the brands, if you're planning on reinvesting in those products down the line, then actually it's... Um, 
sort of setting you up long term. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I think I'm going to play with it a bit because I think for me, this is like my fun bit on the side of the business. You know, this this isn't going to be the the main money earner. It's not going to be where the majority of my working time spent. This is basically me fulfilling my I want to run a shop dream <laughs> so it's that um so I'm quite enjoying that that takes the pressure off because I'm not you know it's not like it's got to perform this and deliver this it's much more like I'm just gonna have fun with this and just really see what resonates with people yeah and already it's been quite interesting because I know like years of retail you think you, there's some stuff you can predict but it always catches you by surprise what the product is that someone else identifies with or you think it will be used in a certain way and actually they're like you know what this is how I'm going to use it. And you're like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have even thought that. So that's what I'm enjoying with it, seeing how people interpret things and how they're using. Um, and I suspect what I will do is I'll probably have some core items, which I think will be, I will keep stocking them. But I also think it's really good to kind of change up your stock and keep it fresh. So I suspect I'll have sort of a core range at the middle and then probably around the edges, I'll freshen it up and sort of bring in new things for the different seasons. That really does make sense. And also there'll be new products coming out all the time. So that's really nice as well. And um, out of interest, as of now, are you happy to tell us what's the bit, what's the biggest seller right right now? Um, well, the Pama has been the biggest seller just because of the time of year. So it was December, January. So I was like, I need a planner. Yeah. But actually, um, two of the cards have done really well. So they're, um, one of the cards is about... Um, like a picture of a plant and it's like you should give yourself the own care that you give other people and a kind of plants and another one is a quote about sort of look how far you've come um and actually those ones have both done really well they obviously really resonated with people and then stationary wise there is a little habit tracking pad which is actually it's really simple it's it's probably about a six size and it's just a week and then just like blocks so you can tick things off but because it's so simple and small I think that's quite appealed to people is it's because some of the you can get these amazing journals for habits and things, but they almost get overwhelming. There's so much they're asking you to fill in and it's kind of it overdoes it, whereas this just makes it really simple. Just tick, tick, tick. And yeah. And actually, I know someone and one of the people who bought it, they actually bought it for an elderly relative to use as a medicine tracker so they could actually just tick off and they wanted something really simple it wouldn't have suited this person if there'd been too much design going on they just wanted something nice and simple so yeah that's what I mean by it can really surprise you why people buy them and what they intend to use it for yeah that makes sense because I, I saw the habit tracker and I my first thought was it'd be great for kids you know to track off the things they're meant to be doing mm. um and were they that's a good to... point I should use that for my child I honestly that's that. what I think I'm yeah. gonna buy one for that because yeah. <laughs> they can tick off what they should yeah. you know fill in the boxes mm-hmm. and tick down you know have you done your reading or whatever yeah. I thought that was really nice mm-hmm. um were they the things because just curious now were they the things you predicted would would sell well um I knew the cards would and what's interesting with the cards is I knew that there was two or three that were going to be the ones that would sell but I also knew that sometimes you need a bit more just to show that there's a range but that the ones on the edge probably sell less but needed to be there to give a little offering yeah and I think with all the pads it's interesting because I've got a few fairs booked in the summer so I've only I haven't really done an event yet got one next week but where I've had the products out physically in front of people to see how they respond but I'm really interested um when I do the summer fairs I've got two booked in just sort of local village fates I mean, to me, that's just an ideal day out. I get to sit in the sunshine and talk to people all day and maybe sell a few things. I mean, that's my dream. But yeah, I'm really interested to see that because sort of past experience of when I've done that sort of thing, um, it's quite different what people buy to what you expect. Thank you. And what 
would you be your advice to anyone who's listening and they're going, oh, I really like the sound of this, but I don't have a retail background and I don't know what would sell. What would you say to someone who's thinking that? I think trust your instincts. And the easiest thing is to buy what you like and then market to yourself, if that makes sense. So yeah. market to people like you. I think it's probably would be I think it's probably very hard on a retail background to try and select stuff for quite a different market, unless you've got a lot of people you can say for children that have, you've got a lot of people in the age range, you can say what do you like, what do you like. So yeah, I would say to keep it simple, just go for what you like and then market to those people. That makes sense because I think you need to have someone in mind, and even if that someone is you, I think it's particularly for this kind of thing where, as you say, it's not a massive initial outlay. Of course, it's mm. money, and you know you need to have the money mm. to invest. But actually, if there is a potential to just buy five of something mm. and see if they sell, it's just a lot less mm. pressure, isn't it? Actually, I think the other thing that really helps is if you've got a really clear idea of what you're going to do. So I'm going to do a shout out for. Um, friend and someone I work with who's called Kate and she runs an online store called Woodlands Bay now her concept's really clear so she is basically it's designed around the senses so it's designed around like touch smell sight and it's sort of items for your home that are kind of calming and would soothe those senses so for her her buying is brilliant she's got a small limited range but everything in it is exquisitely chosen because she's really really clear on what she's looking for and to anyone who goes to the website it's amazing because as well as shopping by product you can shop by sense but I think that's why it's so successful because she's got such a clear vision of what she's trying to do and what she's looking for so I'd say that would be the other thing either buy for yourself or just have a really really clear vision of what you're trying to do that's so helpful thank you I really like that example I think you're right if you so if I had um Lindsay Pollard from Little Box of Books on here ages ago Lindsay's one of my first episodes and she was selling children's books that were inclusive and she had she you know she really knew I'm I'm obviously surmising that but she she really knew what that meant to her and exactly what she was looking for and I think that does make it tons easier and I've spoken to a few people on other episodes um who curate a product range and they they've all said exactly the same thing if you really know what you're looking for I can see how it just met and you've got you know a criteria almost tick box mm-hmm. to go through that it would make it so much easier because I think otherwise I'm imagining it it's sort of place you could spend hours and you could really it is you become the and- kid in the candy shop one of my first jobs years ago, I worked in a department store um, in the toy department and it had like one of those like pocket money spinners and it was hilarious. There's just this man in a van who came round and he had all those like pocket money toys in the back. And for some reason, they let me as like a 21 year old, no experience, go in with like however much hundred pound budget and just buy what you think. It's like, I don't know what was buying. I was just whatever my eyes went to. Um, and I think you could be like that, you know, or going somewhere like fair, you could just be like, there's so much. So for me, it's really helped that I know I'm looking for stationery. I know I'm looking for certain colours and that instantly narrows it down. So it's just, yeah, I guess it's almost like anything when there's so much choice, you know, like a wedding or something, you need to know some parameters that you're like, right, I can rule that out. I can rule that out and just reduce the choice so that it's manageable. That makes sense. And before you go on to fair and you just start happily ordering products, do you have to prove that you have a, a some sort of shop or that you are a legitimate business? What, what if anything, is involved? There? It was quite simple. They just wanted um, a website and details of where you were selling. But yeah, there's not. It wasn't a particularly like long approval process. I don't think there's anything more 
I don't think there's anything more detailed than probably just a very, I think they might have asked how long you're in business, but it was, it was not a long process. But yeah, the key thing is, I think that you can show that you've got a website where you're going to be selling it. Okay. And do they restrict? So I'm asking you, I'm asking you all these questions like you're the fair expert. I, I do need to get someone from fair on this podcast. <laughs> that is my goal for this year. So I can ask them all yeah. the tricky questions because you may or may not know this journey, but yeah. are you, are, do you know if you're only allowed to sell products on your website or whether you can sell them in a physical store, if you have a store or if you can sell them anywhere else? I don't know, but I would, I think you must be able to sell in a physical store. I'm at the level now where I'm guessing rather than no authoritatively. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I realise yeah. I'm throwing all these questions at you like, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. we have to find someone from Fair yeah. Jenny who can come and talk to us. We do, yes. That's what I need. <laughs> if you're listening, we really want to talk to you because I, I think that you're an amazing business and it's brilliant what you're doing. Yeah, we do need to get someone on so I can ask them all the questions. Yeah. There will, there will be lots, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for, for, for all of this, Jenny. I think we've, we've reached a point now where we're just going to be asking you things that are way beyond. The other thing also I wanted to mention as well, actually, is they're really keen when you're on the website. They've got a lot of incentives at the moment to kind of introduce brands to there. So they're really looking for people to sort of join the team and sell through it. Um, and that would actually be one of my comments of I'm, I'm like a um, frustrated creator. You know, I'm not an artist. I'm not, I can, you know, I can't create what I want, but I've had some really good collaborations with local artists. So there's a printmaker called Emma Evans Freak who runs something called Blackbird House Designs. So um, I've done some collaborations with her. I kind of give her a brief of, I want something saying this. And then with these sort of pictures and these sort of colors, and she's created this amazing thing. So one of my um, things for like my whole business, I'm using this phrase, build a business like a home. And I would just wanted it initially as just postcards that I could use as like my business card. But I've had so many people remark on it. She's now had them made. So there um, I've now got A4 and A3 prints of this phrase because several people said to me, I'd buy that if that was a print. Um, and I will be listing on that website. It will be on there by the time this podcast is out. Um, so I think there's a real opportunity for artists and makers to kind of look for people like me who, who would love to sell. Um, but can't create it themselves I would you know that yeah I just think there's a real opportunity there that I would love to say to makers there's a real option if you were interested in that sort of collaboration of people like me who don't have those skills but have a bit of an audience have the tech know-how maybe have the passion for retail that's really nice to know and I know that I, I feel like fair's been around a while but still not everyone's heard of it and it's still mm. relatively new as these things go mm. so um that's really good to hear because i do think it's something that will growing interest and mm. hopefully you've given people the confidence to have a look and give it a go and i would also say that if um because obviously this episode is going out a few months after the m royston episode which i th believe is the very first time we ever mentioned fair on this podcast yeah. so if you haven't already listened to mm. that go back and listen to that and listen to m's experience mm. as a seller because i really feel that that gives a really good complete picture of um of what it's like and um yeah as I say I will try very hard to get someone from fair one here as well because I I'd love to learn more and especially for, for both buyers and sellers how you can have like the best possible experience on there because so far everything I'm hearing is really positive brilliant and I have one final question for you Jenny before you go you know I will um, yeah. <laughs> which is what was your number one piece of advice be for other product curators I had to say that very carefully because I usually say creators yeah. <laughs> Sorry, curators, curators. Yeah. um give it a go I think the joy of something like fair means that you can 
do it in a very nice dip your toe in the water without it feeling like you've made a huge financial commitment. Be creative with how you're going to sell the items. So I think you do need to kind of have an idea of what you're going to do if something's maybe not performing as you want and have backup plans. And remember with everything is just you don't have to do any of these things alone. Just, you know, my, my whole thing is kindred spirits and community and just reach out to other people, brainstorm ideas with other people, um, get advice from other people, you know, listen to podcasts like yours. Um, you don't, yeah, with all these things, you don't have to figure it out on your own. There's a whole wealth of people in the small business community who, in my experience, all incredibly generous with their time and advice and wisdom and would love to help you thank you so much jenny thank you thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website vickyweinberg.com please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful thank you again and see you next week If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.